Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? April 6th edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Uh, before I do any introductions, I do want to say one thing. Uh, I will apologize ahead of time if you do have any technical difficulties watching this podcast live right now uh, on YouTube as the hotel Wi-Fi that I'm in right now. I was able to upgrade it uh, to a much faster speed, but hopefully uh, my guest on the show, Frank Trigg, uh, and yours truly can actually be seen and heard, no freezing or anything like that. If it does happen, we do apologize because yesterday uh, with Sean Pearson, we couldn't even go live. Uh, as Pearson mentioned to me, dude, you are freezing up, can't hear you, you pause. So I, I apologize to everybody uh, that tuned in yesterday uh, to try and watch Pearson and I uh, discuss what's happening here at UFC 210. But without further ado, thank you very much to everyone who is tuning in. Don't forget, we do have the live chat. Uh, I'll mention that as well. Uh, we do love that live chat when you guys join us. Uh, make sure you follow us at Fightful MMA. Follow yours truly, Joe Ferraro, on social media at Showdown Joe. And of course, uh, it is Thursday. He's in Hawaii while well, I'm in freezing cold Buffalo, his old stomping ground, pretty much. Uh, Frank Trigg, follow him online at Frank Trigg. Frank, what's going on, my man? Hey, buddy. I was actually supposed to be there, um, believe it or not. Uh, I was trying to keep it a big secret. Obviously, being from Rochester, it's about an hour and 15 minutes away from Buffalo. My son, Lives about 45 minutes from Buffalo right now. He'll be at the fight Saturday. Um, uh, thanks to Sean Shelby for getting my pair of tickets. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I was supposed to be there, but I got called into work, man. I'm, I'm working uh, this Marvels and Humans thing again uh, tomorrow, so I can't leave. And by the time I wrap, I won't get to Buffalo in time for the fights. So I'd land like at 7 o'clock at night. When I got from the airport, got over, I wouldn't make it in time. It'd just be, it's a pain in the ass, so. No, no show for me, which is unfortunate because I was hoping to get there. The original plan was to get there Wednesday and surprise you. But hey, Joe, I'm here, so we get to do our thing on Thursday together, uh, live in, in the. In that been amazing. Yeah, I couldn't get. I just couldn't make it happen. Which is why I didn't mention it because I don't want to like, hey, it's going to happen. We make the announcement, and then all of a sudden, I get, you know, we get called off because I have this other job. So I had to had to kind of pick my pick my battles. But yeah, man, it's. Uh, I'm kind of jealous. I I do not miss the cold. But I am jealous that you're in Buffalo, especially with the, the Cormier John Jones crap that's going on, especially with the way Gagard Musasi is signing in, the, in those interviews. I mean, the way that this, these fights are breaking down, there's got to be a lot of drama. And, I mean, you're trying to get us everything that you're posting. Like, when you put stuff up, you're trying to get us all the information. 
But there's other stuff that's going on behind the scenes that you can't even grab a hold of because there's so much content. Is there is there some little nugget that you've got hidden? I know I'm, I'm asking you questions now. Is there some little nugget that got that got buried in the back that you kind of want to wanted to put out there on Fightful MMA that you just couldn't do it? Not yet, not yet. We, we, we do have a bunch of content. Everything that we saw in front of us uh, is going to get posted. The, the biggest thing that came from today, in my opinion, from the, uh, from the open workouts, uh, they, they were fairly generic, uh, n- nothing crazy. No guy went out there uh, and absolutely busted a crazy sweat. Um, but it was afterwards. So they, they, for those that don't know, the open workouts work like this. It's open to the fans, open to the media. Uh, the guys get on stage, or girls, uh, and they do their open workouts. It's nothing crazy. Anthony Rebel Johnson was hitting the pads uh, with Henry Hoof. Um, Cormier, well, Cormier came at the end, uh, but then Chris Weidman came on, did a couple things with John Volante, uh, didn't do anything with, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Longo, uh, with Ray Longo, didn't do anything, no pad work with him. Gegard came up there, was kind of doing his thing, but nothing really crazy, uh, and then Weidman came up, started doing some throws, some takedowns, some striking, did a bit more than what anyone else did, but every time these guys are done, off, they turn the music off, and they come to the media side, and we do a little scrum. And, you know, it's, it's nothing that we didn't ask yesterday. Uh, again, there's always going to be some media that are going to just bombard these guys with questions. It's like, guys, we, we got them all yesterday. Like, you don't have to ask, ask all these questions all over again. It's already annoying for these fighters. But I get it. Some people didn't get the content that they thought they could have gotten yesterday. And then when DC is the last one, he comes up there, um, he, you know, very focused on, on Anthony Rumble Johnson. Everything was cool. And then the question was asked, look, John Jones uh, is going to be here. He's being flown out. He's going to be here tomorrow. Uh, and he'll be available to the media. Daniel Cormier's demeanor and body language completely changed. Uh, and I don't know what the follow-up question was, uh, but it had to do with, you know, if, if he wins, you know, they're, they're going to set up this rematch. Uh, Cormier basically said, this guy's not allowed into my octagon. Octagon, there's going to be some problems. And I thought to myself, wait a second here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to talk to Trig about this because – there's a couple things that are going through my mind. Number one, he's serious. He's probably dead serious. Or number two, it could make some great fodder if Daniel Cormier does emerge victorious, John Jones comes in there, and these two wreak havoc inside the cage. So in what other sport, let, let's take hockey, all right, because you, you guys are, are hockey and curling are your, are your main sports, right, um, and ice fishing. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> if an athlete gets suspended from the sport, for whatever the reason is, I don't care what the reason is, he gets suspended from the sport for a period of time. Have they ever shown up at a sporting event? Do they ever come back and show up at the sporting event? Not dressed, like just in casual clothes. Just, I'm going to come watch this thing. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. This, this is absolutely ludicrous. The UFC is flying him in while he is under suspension. So, yes, he's out of legal trouble. He, that, that, the, the, his whole hitting the, the woman and running away and breaking the pregnant lady's arm and doing all that stuff, like, that, that's all been taken care of. That's all finally underneath the thing. He's, he's free and clear. He's off his probationary period. But he's still suspended for, for performance-enhancing drugs. Now they're bringing this guy into the ring while he's still under suspension. Yeah, I get it's only like another two months or whatever before he gets out of suspension. But this is absolutely – this is – I'm worried about MMA at this point. Because now we have two, like, it, it seems really small. We've got, we've got everyone thinking that Conor McGregor can beat Mayweather. And we've got a bunch of other people thinking this is, this is actually a legit smart idea to have John Jones walk in the, walk in the cage with, with Daniel Cormier while under suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. And let's not forget, John Jones has come up before in the past and said, this is the most important thing for me, is to fight in Buffalo. Not to fight, not to fight in New York and Madison Square Garden, but to fight in New York in Buffalo, because close to uh, Endicott, uh, New York, where he, was, where he was raised up. 
um, even though he was born in Rochester, he, he was raised in, in Endicott. There, there, there is a situation where you have this guy who said, this is the most important thing in my career, is we're going to fight in this one place. And he did things. It, it wasn't like the UFC didn't call him to fight on this card. It wasn't like he got injured in the middle of training and couldn't fight on this card. It was the fact that he hit and run a pregnant lady with a bunch of drug paraphernalia and, and cash in his car and then got caught for performance-enhancing drugs, whether it was a, a, an erection pill or whatever the hell it was or what it ended up coming out to. He, he has failed a drug test. He is suspended for these actions. He was on probation for his other actions, and now I'm going to bring this guy into the cage and go, oh, yeah, you're the next challenger. Take your lumps, sit your ass at home. When your suspension is up is when you come back out and ask them to make the announcement for the fight. Hey, they can even tell you behind the scenes we're going to have you fight the, fight him in uh, in August, for example. But we're not going to make the announcement to the rest of the world until July because you're not off suspension until July. So, or whatever. I'm, forgive me, Joe. I could be wrong on the date, but I'm just using July as my as my measuring stick. That the day that he gets off suspension that morning to make the announcement, hey, he's fighting Daniel Cormier in a month from now, if that's the case. Don't do it now. You're bringing a guy that is under suspension, that is legally banned from the sport and cannot fight anywhere in the world in the sport because he's been banned into the cage to fight that this is what, and now he's going to, now he's in there. Most commissions, I don't have New York runs, but most commissions won't even allow it. You're in a suspension. You're not allowed to be, remember Diaz got suspended. He couldn't corner his brother. He wasn't allowed yeah, to be in, even in the arena because he's under suspension. But now the, the UFC made this announcement. This guy under suspension is coming in. So is, is New York not running the commission the same way? This guy can't corner. He can't be in the arena. He can't be around fighters. He's under suspension. He's not allowed to do it. So I don't I don't really get what's going on with this thing. So I get Daniel Cormier's position on this. I understand it, especially from a long wrestling background when Russians would get banned for using drugs and Germans would get banned for using drugs. And this is after you beat them. I mean, and there's, there's guys from two wrestlers from 2008 just got stripped because they used performance enhancing in 2008. They couldn't – they didn't find it until now. That just happened this week. And so I get Cormier's point, but I also get how Cormier is – when he, if John walks in, he is 100% serious. He's probably going to, there's going to be another shoe throwing incident, but he's just not going to have any shoes yeah. on. <laughs> so let me, let me, uh, let me play devil's advocate for you for a moment. I was just, some of the stuff that, that you mentioned uh, about John being suspended and shouldn't be there in the UFC doing this and stuff like that. Um, before I say that, don't forget, guys uh, and girls who are tuned in right now live, we do have the live chat open. Uh, if you want to put uh, some questions, comments, suggestions, whatever you like for Frank Trigg and I, I, I will endeavor to get uh, to read them uh, and put some of them on the air so uh, Frank and I can have a good time here. Now, to play devil's advocate to your point, uh, what's, what's going through my mind is maybe the UFC does want this. Maybe they're doing this on purpose. Maybe First, first things first, he's being flown in. He's, he's going to be here as a guest uh, or someone to speak to, someone that we – the media can talk to uh, tomorrow night. Okay, uh, he's part of our agenda. He's uh, you know, I obviously can't read and tell you exactly where it is, uh, but he's going to be there, and we're allowed to talk to him. That doesn't really mean that he's going to be allowed in the arena. But you're under the assumption, look, if the dude's coming all the way out there, it just so happens to be a 205 pound title fight. John Jones, you assume he's going to be in the arena. He's going to watch the fight, and you're going to assume that if he gets any wind, and I'm sure he will that Daniel Cormier did say this, because he did, and it's going to be all over the place. FightfulMMA.com is going to have it. Uh, I, I recorded it. We sent it in there. Hopefully it's up already. Uh, you're pretty sure John Jones is going to know that Daniel Cormier said this. So don't be surprised if John Jones says, oh, really? I'm going into this cage. And I think it's exactly what the UFC wants. Yes. <laughs> 100%. I mean, let's, let's be honest. 
What's the best thing that ever happens in NASCAR? When there's an accident on the final lap of the of Train the wrecks, man. Train it's, wrecks. Everyone's sitting there, they're sitting there for like four and a half hours. Like, I can't believe we're still turning left. And all of a sudden, a big accident happens. And everyone's wide awake watching this thing. What's the best thing that ever happens, you know, in, in, a, in a basketball game? Is that that final shot, Michael Jordan gets the fadeaway and he slams it. Or, he, you know, that that's like, oh, that's expected. It's Michael. But if someone comes in and fouls him hard, crack. You're like, oh, crap. I'm going to go to the following. It changes the game. They want to have that. That action, you want to have that that power push you know, happening in front of them, hundred percent. They're hoping that this thing turns into a complete melee, and they they want to have the old strike force days of, of I forget who it was, but a big fight broke out in the middle with the Diaz brothers. Diaz, Mayhem, Miller, Jake Shields, if I'm not mistaken. When that when that fight broke out, man, that was the best thing that ever happened for strike force. It, it, everyone was talking about it. Even people that weren't fans of the sport were talking about it because it, it got in all the major news outlets. This is a huge deal now. Think about how big MMA is now. How big is the juggernaut of the UFC? If a fight breaks out after the main event fight, there's another fight that happens right after it on, on TV, it's going to be a huge deal. ESPN is going to pick it up. CNN is going to pick it up. It's going to be on everything. And that's a big deal for, the, for these guys. Yes, 100% they want this to happen. Yes, they're going to push the line as far as they can push the line. And if they want to stay out of, you know, the commission steps in and says, no, you can't let this happen, they're going to have to respect the commission. But – it's, I'm, I'm having, you know, I also got to wonder about Malky Kawa, his, his, uh, his, his manager. He, he has him doing an after party in Buffalo after the fights are over. And that's he's what a, DC was ripping. There was a lot of stuff DC said, but go ahead, finish your point. He's a recovering alcoholic. How, how the hell do you have this guy? He's a recovering alcoholic, a recovering drug addict, and you have him doing an after party. Unless the after party is at the children's library, I don't know what the hell this guy is thinking. This is the worst. And, and let's not forget, people just keep forgetting that his brother got suspended the same month that he got suspended. His brother got suspended from the NFL for the same drug. So it's the, so the family is doing this, and the family has issues. And now Malky is like, oh, yeah, do this, do this, do this uh, uh, after party at this bar as a recovering alcoholic and a recovering drug addict. This doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't get it. But this is me you know, airing, my, airing out my grievance more than anything. I can't imagine what it was like to hear it live and what actually came out of it. Oh, so it was, you it were was, there. Yeah, yeah, I was sitting there, and it was one of those, you know, everyone, generally speaking, these scrums are exactly what they are. You get some nice clips. You can build a story around it. You can post the clip. Uh, and as soon as DC, I, I looked at the body language. I, was, I kind of was like, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm 43, man. I've been around. I can tell body language. I mean, you and I, Bobby T, we've been around. Bobby T's the old uh, executive producer for Sportsnet, guys, who had my TV show. And the three of us have been around you know body language. You know body language real quick. You know when something is about to turn in a situation. So I looked at the body language of DC and I said to myself, this is about to get ugly right now. And I grabbed my phone immediately and I started typing because I knew it. He was going to say something. And he wasn't a happy camper. He's just not – the, the, the mere mention of John Jones did not make him happy. Now, don't forget, he is focused on, on, on Anthony Rumble Johnson. Let's not kid ourselves. He's got a task at hand. Um, I, I will say this first before, before I get to some more stuff uh, about DC, because actually I'll say it right off the bat because the live chat's open. We've got some questions coming in right now. Uh, some opposing views uh, on DC uh, and rumble. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, DC also mentioned, I mean, he, he was candid. What the hell are these guys doing with an after party? Guys are recovering alcoholic. You're going to put him in a club. And then he said, this, this guy ruined his career. You know, such a great fighter, great talent, one of the best ever. And he needs, you know, what did he say? I, I don't quote me on this because it's not verbatim, but he had something to say about, you know, uh, I don't know if he said it was taking a dick pill or 
taking the to get did hard he or whatever. Did he actually say taking a dick pill? I think. I think. Don't. <laughs> I love you. And he basically said, look at me. He goes, I'm in my 30s. I don't need that stuff. Why does that boy need it? Something of that nature. And they just kept going on and on. I was like, oh, my God, he's on fire. He's just going crazy right now. And then, you know, obviously, everyone was kind of – I'm looking around, and I'm like, these these newer experienced media don't realize what just happened in front of us. Like, this should have been live, live to the world, not not just what happened there. Uh, But anyways – um, I want to get to this, these. these I, I know you got a million thoughts in your head. I can tell right now, but uh, I want to get to this thing here. Uh, Anthony Agley says, "For both of us, do we think Rumble will last more than two rounds?" Yes, I say yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, Henry Hooch is going to do a good job with him this time around. Give him be a little bit more patient and slow down. So he doesn't burn himself out as much. Uh, Anthony Rumble also also understands that his one punch knockout power isn't one punch knockout power on everybody. So he's going to back off a little bit. It's going to make him. It's going to at least going to get him into the third round. If Dan doesn't pull something tricky and catch him with some kind of you know uh, a weird submission, you know, early. But I, I do believe this fight goes into the fourth round at, at the earliest. Michael Straw, by the way, who, who's from Fightful MMA, who was with me today along with Brandon uh, Thurston. But Michael Straw just said because uh, he was there with me, he said that DC said uh, he's 27 and needs sex pills. I'm 38 and I don't have that problem. Well, like okay, was, so I, I will tell you this. And most, most of you don't may not even realize, but I'm a, I'm a spokesperson for men's health. So I work with a men's health clinic um, here in Hawaii, but they're, they're actually nationwide. By, so that's why I visit all the different offices. There are guys that come out of the military. That are, we, I, have, I have guys I know right now that are, that are friends of mine that just got back over from Afghanistan and Iraq that were in the, in the U.S. service that need testosterone replacement therapy because they're, they're high-stress jobs and their bodies are falling apart. From being over in Afghanistan, the heat, the weather, um, the uh, the food, the stress level. Every day you're waking up, this could be your last day kind of kind of stuff. Like that really affects your hormone level. So, yeah, there are guys that are 26, 27, you know, you know, 29 that need that need these these this testosterone level and, and these dick pills. Um, yeah, John Jones isn't one of those guys. He's not, he's not waking up every morning under threat of fire. He's not waking up every morning worrying about an IED. He's not waking up every morning worrying about a mortar attack. Okay, he's not. He's in. He's in a head trauma sport, which will reduce your testosterone levels at an early age. That's why you see a lot of ex NFL players die so early because it will reduce your testosterone levels. But I don't think John Jones is there. And if he's there, then why is he still fighting? If that's the case already, why is he still fighting at that point? If your testosterone level is that low at this early in your age, you might as well get out of the game right now. He's got enough money. He doesn't need to fight anymore. Go on and do something else. Go on and sell sell health insurance. Good point. Uh, Anthony Agley, yes. Uh, so just to, just to address your question, we both think that Rumble uh, will go more than two rounds. I, listen, uh, I know we're going to do our predictions a little bit later on. I'm going to say this right now. Saturday night, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Vinny Fernando is on fire on the chat. I'm not going to repeat half the stuff he says or one of the things he says because it's kind of funny. But uh, the first thing he posts was, what does Cormier think he's going to do about it? Attack or a fight with Rumble? Does DC value his life? <laughs> Wow, that's, it's kind of got a point, but uh, it's uh, it's like a schoolyard brawl. No, it's like, it's like a cafeteria room brawl in junior high school. You're gonna start yelling and screaming and put, punching and pushing, but there's 75 other people in the damn cage at that point. That's what I'm saying. Then, it ain't nothing gonna happen. And then the whole thing is gonna be Joe Rogan's right there with the mic going here, here, what, what, here. He's right in the middle of it with the microphone trying to catch it all for live TV as these two guys are trying to battle it out. And then there's gonna be uh, uh, I don't I don't know who uh, who's referring this weekend. 
We haven't heard yet. I haven't seen the, the um, assignments yet. Usually I know if John, if Big John is going or not. Usually I've already been in contact with him. I'm not positive. But if Big John's in there, he's going to step right in the middle of it and stop it right away. So there, there's not – unless he – you know, there's other refs that will that will walk out and see the fight's over because they're going to interview both guys and, like, your job is kind of done. We're supposed to, as a referee, and you know this from passing the course, you're supposed to stay in until, until, the, uh, uh, until the, the fighters are done. But with that announcement being made and Cormier saying, hey, look, if this guy shows up, there's going to be problems. Big John McCarthy, if, say, I had the main event and John was there, John would go, look, after the fight, you just stay in the cage no matter what. You stay in the cage the last guy walks out. Okay, I'm staying in because you're worrying about a fight like that happening. So now the commission's alerted to it. Everybody understands it's going to happen. So all the referees, all the judges, the head inspector, they're all ready to walk in. I guarantee you at the end of that fight, you're going to see two refs in there. If New York does this right, which I believe that they will, There'll be two refs in there, and you'll see the head inspector in there. On top of both inspectors for both corners, there'll be an inspector for both corners. They'll add one more inspector to both corners. There'll be like six commission guys in there standing there waiting for something to go off. And as soon as – and if Cormier wins, the moment they interview uh, Rumble, because usually they interview the, the, the loser first, they'll escort him and his party out of the cage as fast as possible and then close the doors. They're not, they're not let anybody else back in or out until they can – so they have control of it. That's kind of what I see happening. But who knows, man? Chaos happens in these things. People get all anxious and 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 try to overstep their bounds. And New York's a new commission, so it's like, what are they going to do and how things are going to work? It's going to be awesome to watch. I'm staying. I'm I'll be glued to the TV the whole time. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited because I'm going to be in the arena and, and we'll see what happens uh, when it all goes down. I'll be paying very close attention uh, the minute that fight comes to an end. Uh, and again, let, let, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, chance in this fight here. He can definitely win. Now, uh, Anthony Agley is back on the live chat. He's saying that Cormier told the media today he feels every fight Rumble wanted to get out of, a, get out of, he turns over and gives his back. He could have a point. Now, yes, on the surface level, people will, there's a lot of people that say that the minute Anthony, not the minute, when Anthony finally has his will broken, and it's usually by rear naked job. Now, that could also be fatigue. Hmm fatigue happened in the first round he'll fight that choke uh so yes anthony and cormier do have a point but d or but rumble fully understands not only is this his second chance at this world title his last chance so yeah. he will likely do anything and everything minutes to win this fight and not give up he didn't try as hard as for sure that and, and i i do believe honestly i believe it's fatigue and I believe it's being a young fighter. I mean, if you really look at it, he hasn't really fought that much to be this successful. He's super powerful. He's super strong. And that one-punch knockout power got to his head for a little while. He's like, I can crack a guy and put him down. And most of the guys he was fighting barely got out of the first round with him. Now he gets he bangs against a guy like Cormier in the first fight, hits him with the exact same punches, and Cormier weathers the storm and finds a way around it. That mentally breaks you. Because you hit a guy with your best shot, and he survives. That mentally breaks you. And then physically he gets broken because Cormier is, you know, he's as he's very aggressive. Uh, Rumble is. He's very aggressive coming at you. But Cormier is able to be just as aggressive with, while using less energy. So Rumble now is getting exhausted trying to keep pace with Cormier after he's already knocked him around. And he's like, I'm mentally broke because I didn't knock him down with my, with my best punch. But now I'm getting physically taxed. Okay, yep, let me out of this fight. Like, I don't have any – I don't want to take any more damage. Let me out of this fight. Which is a respectful – I don't care. Everyone talks about this this giving up when you're, when you're getting beat up thing. And that's like a negative thing against a fighter. You want you want to, and then, and then we yell at refs for not stopping the fight soon enough, you know, because we're letting these guys take more damage. Like make up your mind. You got to understand that, that the fighter knows themselves better than anybody else. If the fighter wants out, let them out. If that's the way Rumble likes getting out of a fight, 
turnover giving his back, that's fine because that causes him less head trauma, causes him less damage to his body, lets him allow to, to, to be around longer for his kids. You know, it makes sense. Like that, don't don't look down on Anthony because sometimes he gets tired, he gives up his back. That's just how he wants to get out of the fight. That's fine. Some guys just, you know, don't answer the bell in between rounds. It just depends on, on how the fighter is. Uh, but I do believe it's fatigue. I do believe it's going to be better this time, but I don't think it's going to be that much better, enough to stop Daniel from, from doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it. I think what's really going to be Anthony's biggest attribute is not throwing those big heavy punches every time he's on his feet and keeping it further away, which can allow him to go longer, which means he's not going to be as fatigued later. So he does get in that tough position where he normally would, ha- would have to give up because he's exhausted. He won't be as exhausted. And that's going to mentally get him back into it. He's like, oh, I, I, that, this position sucks, but I got out. Oh, I'm up. We're back up. We're fighting again. Okay, we're in. Let's go. Let's keep fighting. That's what's going to be the big difference in this one. And that's why I think it's going to the fourth round and also why I'm really hung up on who's going to win. I'm really having a hard time picking this one. But we'll get that, we'll get in that later on with my actual breakdown is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is one of those fights where, because of the power that Rumble has, I mean, this thing could end at any time. And, you know, I, I asked both guys, on the surface level, when you take a look over and over again at, at who anyone wants to break this fight down, it just seems it's the same, um, not debate, but the same analysis over and over again. DC has to fight the perfect fight, whereas Rumble needs to land one punch. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and his one punch can happen in the first round. The first minute of the first round, the last 10 seconds of the fifth round. And he can still win. Well, Cormier's got to win. And so now an interesting thing comes out in this. And I've been doing a lot of um, uh, pseudo, pseudo. I don't want to say military training, but pseudo-military training uh, for gun tactics here in Hawaii. And one of the things I've learned is that, is that professional athletes have learned how to suffer. We, yes. we, have embraced, we have embraced the ability to be able to suffer. And that, and that is one of the things that I can pride myself on. And, and, and I thought it was, oh, from wrestling taught me how to suffer, so that's how I did it. But then I listened to Lance Armstrong, and he's like, that's how I learned how to get up the Pyrenees is because I, I know how to suffer. Like, I understand suffering. So he talked to, to – um, damn it, I played, played for the Maple Leafs. Um, he was, he's a great MMA fan. Uh, Dome. He, he, he would talk about how much he suffered during practice in bag drills when he was skating – how much it sucked, but he knew how to suffer. And so suffering gets you through this space. And that's what these guys understand, these fighters. They know how to suffer. And when you get into certain positions, and that is the reason why a lot of them are able to go in a lot longer than, than they, than they uh, originally were able to and why fights are able to change so much between the first fight and the second fight. Because now they've learned, oh, that, that position sucked. But now because I've worked on it, I can suffer through it. I will learn how to suffer through this thing. And I'll be better for it at the end of it. They, it it's... Uh, um, uh, Kale Sanderson from Penn State was like, okay, we're having fun. We're having fun. We're having fun. And then all of his, all of his uh, athletes that won the national title this year in, in college wrestling, he had five guys made the finals all 5-1. They all were like, oh, yeah, we're having fun. We're having fun. Kale transferred that, hey, this sucks, to this is what fun is. Sucks. Actually. And I started thinking about that as I'm doing my, my gun training. I'm, trying, I'm like, yeah, like this is fun for me. Suffering, being in the cold, being in the wet. You know, uh, uh, being under high anxious and being all that, that suffering is kind of fun for me. And that's what Rumble really enjoys. He, he's going to start enjoying and, – and Henry's really good at this because he did it as an athlete. Henry Hoof did it as an athlete when he was competing in Muay Thai. He loved the, the crack. He loved that, that – not the Forrest Griffin, oh, hit me 17 times so I can hit you twice to get the knockout. But he's like, oh, I, I'm really in a fight now. So the, his skill raises up the level. I think Anthony's going to have the same game where Cormier – is really got to battle out and win three rounds decisively to win the fight. He's really got to win three rounds. And so he's, he's going to play more of a, 
a tactical game where Anthony's going to be more of a, okay, let me hold on. Let me see when I can hit him with the one punch that's going to put it out. He doesn't care if he loses all four rounds and wins the fifth by knockout because he still wins the fight. Where Cormier, like you said, has to, have to, has to have that perfect fight. He's got to win three rounds decisively to make sure he wins the fight. Sammy Ole asked the defense of Sprawl. Well, my answer initially is yes, but it's more than having a defense of Sprawl in a fight versus Daniel Cormier because the important part of competing against Daniel Cormier is you need to know your distance and you need to be aware of where you are in the cage because if your feet get way too close uh, to that cage, you're in big trouble. It was actually Randy Couture who taught me a long time ago when he opened the gym in Toronto at Extreme Couture. We were doing um, a bunch of fight schools. You and I did, Frank, for like an hour and a half one time at the Extreme Couture in, in Vegas. Um, the one thing Randy always taught me and explained to me is to always pay attention if you're being aggressive with a fighter and you're hunting him down or her, stalking them, the minute they get within that paint where the, the sponsor logo at the time was in the octagon means that space between the last portion of the paint and the cage is your attack zone, meaning if you're saving money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Fighter or your opponent is anywhere in there, that's when you go and attack and you can use the cage because um, it's A, it'll be hard for them to sprawl, but B, it'll also be difficult for them because you can go into the cage and use that cage to lift them up. And Randy did it to me. I'm wearing a freaking blazer. I was wearing a nice... That's right. Cream colored blazer, nice tie, nice shirt. This dude, I don't care if he's a world champion or not, he's mean. He thrust me into the cage, and we were doing this little example, and literally I went off the cage, and he picked me up, Frank, like a baby. Yeah. And put me down gently. I'm like, my life just passed before my eyes. Randy Couture picked me up like I was a nobody. But he made perfect sense because he would do that, that move all the time where he would stalk guys. Literally push him against the cage and push him off. So to answer Ole, Sammy Ole's question from my perspective, you can answer next, Frank, is it's, it's not just the fact that Anthony, yes, he does have a good defensive sprawl, but cage awareness is very, very important versus a guy like Daniel Cormier. The sprawl only works in the middle of the cage. It only works in the center. It doesn't work anywhere else because you bang into something. And say he gets, say he gets a little bit of my leg and I've got him kind of sprawled out. Got a nice cross face in, lifting up his belly, trying to get my – working his hips, trying to get my leg back. But he's got a little bit. He drives me six inches. All of a sudden my foot's on the cage. Now it's a different game. It's a totally different way to sprawl when you're against the cage. Also, too, in the reverse, which Randy very rarely would teach guys, is that as a wrestler, if you're getting backed up and a guy's beating up with your hands but you get backed up against the cage, once you cross that paint, that's when you shoot. Because you know you know now the cage is right there behind you because most guys, when they shoot, good wrestlers, Cormier included, even though he's usually a power double guy, he will turn the corner. He'll turn the corner and all of a sudden you make that shot when your back is against the cage. You take that shot, you turn the corner, you drive a little bit, all of a sudden they're against the cage. They were driving you back. You take that shot, you turn, and now you got them because the way the angles of the cage are, all of a sudden you put them right against the cage. So uh, from a wrestler standpoint, we pay very close attention to that paint line, to that, that octagon paint line that's around the cage because that's either where we're shooting or we're going to shoot. You know, understand what I'm saying? If I'm being aggressive, I'm going to shoot, or if I'm driving a guy back, that's where I'm shooting. Like yep. it's, It depends on which direction I'm going in. But that's the, wrestler, that's the wrestler's zone. So if you're playing a wrestler, what do you do? Keep him in the center. You don't let him drive you back. You don't let him – you don't chase him down to the back of the cage. You keep him in the center. Unfortunately, 
that's not Rumble stop. He's going to smack him, keep coming forward, which now makes the fight very interesting. Because yeah. now oh, it's yeah. like he knows what to do. He knows how to do it, but he's not going to do it because it's not a stop. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we are live uh, with the live chat. Get your questions and suggestions and comments in there. Uh, I'll endeavor to get them uh, to Frank and myself. Uh, speaking of wrestling and takedowns, uh, Gegard Musashi said, there will be no takedowns. Chris Weidman will not land a takedown. He will not land a takedown on me in this fight. And this is a solid middleweight fight. And I am leaning towards Musashi to win this fight. But, man, is it going to be a fun one? You know, um, when I first – I read that on some of the – forgive me, I cheated. I looked at a different website. And I, I read that on some of the websites. <laughs> That's right? okay. <laughs> and, they said, uh, they, and they said that, yeah, the guard said, yeah, there will be no takedowns in this fight. And I was like, first thing I said is bullshit. There's 100% going to be takedowns in this fight. Gagard has gotten really good at takedowns. And it's like, he's going to shoot at some point, And as a result of him shooting, either Weidman's going to sprawl and get the takedown, or, or Gagard's going to surprise him and take him down. One, one way or the other, it's going to happen. So I was, I, and so I had to go back and reread. I'm glad you clarified that for me. He's saying that Weidman will not take him down. I believe that. If you look at how Gagard has, has improved and transcended as a fighter and gotten so much better throughout these years, you, we saw him against them. Um, uh, uh, damn it, my names, I'm sorry, I'm having a, a, a brain day with the names of the people I'm trying to, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm forgetting. The Filipino Wrecking Machine, um, Russell, Oklahoma State. I uh, Mark, Mark Munoz. Mark Munoz. So when Mark was fighting Gagard, I was like, Mark is going to take him down and beat the crap out of him. This is going to be a pretty good fight for Mark to get himself back on track. He's on, he on a losing run at that point. And Gagard took his back and choked him. I was like, how the hell did he do that? Gagard was working on his wrestling. Not, not, just, not just MMA wrestling, which is what a lot of guys work on. Gagard was secretly working on his real, his real Olympic-style, folk-style type of spawn and brawl wrestling with takedowns. He really was working on it hard. He took to heart what, what back then what GSP was doing was, was going and training with the Olympic teams in Canada and becoming a better wrestler. And all of a sudden, when he came in MMA, you're like, holy crap, he's the best wrestler in MMA. Like, this guy can make the Olympic team. All you crazies in Canada thought that could actually happen. That that <laughs> not all of us <laughs> make an uh, Olympic team and do something with it, but still it was it was it was it was a good point that yeah he's really trying to learn the sport for the sport. So he went in and and Gagard did the same thing. I really think Gagard is end up going to gain takedowns. I really do think this is going to happen because Weidman's going to have to initiate contact somehow because Gagard is going to stay put. He's going to hold his position. And he's going to strike light peppering shots, not looking for that big that big knockout until he stings him. Once he stings Chris he'll start to pick up the pace because he's a very experienced kickboxer. But when things get tough and things get hard, the guard will change his game up. You think I'm striking, now I'm taking you down. It's going to be very interesting to see if his prediction remains true that Weidman never takes him down. But I really do think at some point the guard is going to shoot, going to shoot, and that becomes a question of can Chris stop him from taking him down and what's going to happen if he does get sprawled on? What's the guard going to do when he gets sprawled on? You know, is he going to back all the way out and take a couple punches to get back to his feet? Or is he going to end up getting sucked up and getting spun behind and have to fight from his back now? Yeah, I, I love this fight. I think it's a fantastic fight. Uh, Anthony Agley just basically asked us, where does this put Weidman in the middleweight division if he loses to number five Musashi uh, for a third loss in a row? Well, it's not going to be good for Chris Weidman. He can't afford to have another loss. Well, he can afford it, but it's not good to have three losses in a row and just puts Musashi in that title picture. Uh, and we all know Yoel Romero needs an opponent, so... Isn't isn't uh, oh. isn't this Gagard's last fight on his contract? Isn't he a free agent after this fight? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know, to be honest with you. But for some reason, I think this might be his last fight. I mean, I could be completely wrong. He might have 12 more fights on his contract. We have to get a hold of uh, Anima, his manager, to find out how many more fights he has left. But 
I think I was just about to do that. Holy shit! <laughs> no, we text him too. We both text him at the same time and ask him. This is the right. best. <laughs> You're gonna kill my Wi-Fi now. I gotta go Wi-Fi on my on my one cell phone here. Uh, what? Come on, I gotta be frank. You already did it, didn't you? No. Yes, live, ladies and gentlemen. We are contacting. Yes, we're trying right. to get this done. What's going on here? Come on. Forget Trig. Forget Trig. We're going to do this. Why is all these messages coming in? Uh, we are contacting uh, Gegard's manager, ladies and gentlemen, to see if this is his last fight. Oh, this is terrible. Yes. Boom. I apologize to everyone who's tuned in to the audio portion of this only. Uh, I am typing away here. Frank, you got to talk. Stop, stop nope. typing, Frank. <laughs> there we go. Did he already reply? Said it. No, he hasn't replied. I just sent it out. I just sent it out to him. He hasn't replied. He pro- so this is this what's going to happen. He's going to reply to Joe first. He will not reply to me first. Yeah, because Nima, Nima and I talk all the time about, like, jujitsu and traveling and, wh- and when we go to certain places, where do we eat and where do we go. So it's, it's never it's never a, hey, how many fights does Gagard have left on his contract? And then he gives me the answer, and that's the end of it. It's always a 20 to 30-minute texting conversation back and forth. So he definitely will hit Joe back first because he knows if he hits Joe, that's the only question he has that he's done. With me, I'd be like, oh, so when you were in Brazil, where did you go eat at? Hey, when- <laughs> it's like almost it becomes this whole conversation. So he won't answer me back first, for sure. Uh, hey. my, my worst fear, my worst fear is that he actually calls me now. <laughs> it's my phone's so loud right now. So uh, if, if he replies, if he calls you, I will continue to talk, and you can answer the phone and find out the answer because I'm actually interested to find out because understand this. So. It's a weird matchup. If you really think about this fight, it's a weird matchup, Weidman and, and Musasi, because Musasi's winning and, and, and Weidman is losing. So why did they put these two together? It's obviously because they want to see where does, where does Weidman fit now in, in, the, in the division and where does Gagard fit in the division? Because at number five, yeah, you're in the top five, which sounds great on paper, but you're fifth. You're still fifth. That's not quite in a title run position. You have to have a lot of mathematical problems have to happen. The champ has to want to fight. Number one and number two are fighting each other. The champ had an, or or the champ has an opponent. Number one, number two, and number three are fighting each other. Four just fought. Uh, number one pulls out, so now they don't have anybody left. Number five gets moved up because they need to have a fight for the champ. Like there's so much math that has to happen for him to fight for the title that they're not really you're not really sure where a guy is. Once you're in the top three, now you're safe. Four and five, you're kind of stuck in the middle. Like you're not really you're yeah you're a great fighter, but how great are you? Where do you belong? This fight's actually a weird fight because why are you having a guy that's on a, on a two-fight losing streak? Yes, he used to be the champ, but he's on a two-fight losing streak. Why is he all of a sudden fighting a guy that's on a winning streak? That just doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> but it does make sense because you got to find out where Weidman is because Weidman demands a big price. He's a former champ. He gets a lot of money comparatively because of that. Where does he, where does he rank on this whole system? If he wins this fight, he's right back in the top five. He's, Weidman's right back in the top five. Musashi wins this fight, you kind of got to move him up to four or three but now, what are you going to do with? Are you going to immediately put him with Yoel Romero while they while they mess around with this other with this other crap with uh, uh, those other two knuckleheads they're fighting? You know, the, the guy from your thing and the, uh, Bisping and, and <laughs> thing GSP, out, yes, yeah. Like, what are they going to do with that whole mess? It's like while they're figuring that whole game out, then they got this other thing with Yoel Romero, and then okay, does that mean Romero's going to wait to fight the winner of Bisping and GSP, and then and then so the Masasi stuck if he's the winner, or either one of them because either Weidman or Masasi gets caught. Or is the or is the winner of this actually going to fight Yo Romero 
and then figure out who's number one contender. Then that guy fights, you know, for the for the championship belt. It's like it's it's this whole game that's being played now. But man, is it, it's 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 falling right into what the UFC wants to have happen because we're sitting here talking about it, and it becomes a big deal because we want to know what's happening all the time. We want to know what's going on uh, 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 with with these these guys when this fight is over and who's going to be the, who's going to be where and when at the end of this thing. If this is indeed Gagar's last fight and he wins, he's going to have a lot of bargaining power when he comes in. It's going to be a, a crap ton of bargaining power. Did you just turn your Wi-Fi on so now all of a sudden your phone is blowing up? No, I'm just <laughs> – I want to make sure Nima answers me first. <laughs> well, he hasn't answered me yet at all, so. Well, I can tell you that it's been delivered. It hasn't been read yet. and People know what I mean by that. Uh, well, we'll see if he answers us before the, uh, the end of the show because it is, uh, it is important information if this is his last fight. Um, it could be interesting for negotiations. Uh, also on this card here, uh, and pardon me, Frank, as I adjust my collar because Cynthia Calvillo is fighting this whole – she is a beautiful young lady, Ms. Gonzalez. Uh, I refuse to talk about that fight. I don't want to yeah. talk about that fight because it's a heartbreaking fight for yours truly. Um, which, yes, which, brings me, which brings me to a point. I want, I want to ask you. I mean, we're jokingly saying about, like, let's, let, admittedly, she's hot. I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just face it, she's hot. I got the answer. What's the answer? Told you. I told it's you. Last fight. Huh? It's his last fight. See? Aha! Uh-huh. So, he's going to have a lot of bargaining power then when this fight's over. If he, he wins this fight, he's going to have a lot of bargaining power. A lot. Beats a former champ. He's on a run. You're going to have to put him in there. What quick. if he loses? What if he loses? It's only one loss. It's only one loss to a guy that's a former champ. It's, it's with, with, the right, with the right spin, which Nima can do, it's only, it's only a hiccup. It's not, it's not a devastating backlash. He'll probably drop to six or seven, but he'll, he's still two or three wins away from being in the title hunt. He wins this fight. He's one or two fights away from being in the, t- in the title shot. So it just depends on how, how things work out after this fight. But, yeah, he's, uh, he definitely put stuff together. And uh, tell, tell Nima, thanks for answering you first instead of me. I'm going to do that right now. Oh, uh, it's uh, too funny. Uh, also on this card, Patrick Cote taking on Tiago Alves. Two veterans at 170 pounds. Uh, Alves does not have to cut to 155. He only has to cut to 170. Um, big difference for him. So he'll be a, a much more, I guess, rejuvenated fighter. He won't have the stress of having to cut weight. And, and Cote is already looking fantastic. Uh, these two guys, it's going to be bombs away. I don't know if it's going to be super bombs away from the minute the referee steps out of the way, but it's going to be a fun fight, man. Have you, have you seen what the California State Athletic Commission has proposed to the ABC, and now ABC is going to vote on it with the new weight-cutting proposals? We never really talked about it. Did you see all that? I spoke to Andy Foster about that a while ago, especially considering – uh, you know, just measuring for water and stuff like that and, and hydration levels and dehydration levels. And I think it's a fantastic idea. So the generalized, there's, there's, there's a 10 point system behind it. And, and Andy Foster and I have been in, have been in, in very close, like every time, you, you know, very close conversation about this. I'm very interested. When I was an athlete, when I was competing, oh, this is the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. Everyone's talking about, oh, same day weigh-ins to make it more fair. Screw you. What's, what makes the whole thing fair is that all of us are cutting weight. All of us have to recover. We're going to lose fights if we don't recover well. So how is that unfair? Like it's, a, it's an equal, fair playing field, but I'm also coming from a weight-cutting sport of wrestling. Now, as a referee, I'm like, wow, that, this is one of the best things I've ever seen because now it's fighter safety. Guys will go to fight longer and will actually see better fights because the guys will have more energy come title fights. Fourth and fifth round will have more energy. Come these, these contender fights, 
third round, they'll have more energy. They'll be able to fight harder, fight longer, fight better. As a fan, it's going to be a better deal. The reason why I'm raising this right now, because part of it is you can't gain more than 8% of your body weight back between weigh-ins and the next day when you show up at the arena. They're going to weigh you in again. So if you gain more than 8%, and i got to be honest with you, Patrick Cote, he's not a a huge 70-pounder, but he's a pretty big 70-pounder. I wonder how much weight he gains back. And underneath the new rule, would he have to move up to 85? He because he's because gained- he, he, he walks around over 200, Frank. So he's going to have to go back up to 85. Yeah. This, this is my thing is that you get a guy like Patrick Cote, old school guy, been fighting forever, kind of was like you're out of the sport. You, you're kind of no good anymore. Like you, you got to kind of think about retirement and doing other things. He all of a sudden pulls off, I'm going on to 170, and kind of gets on his little bit of a run. And kind of gets these, these fights going on. He's like, he's kind of back a little bit. He's not the top end. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be a title hunt. He's not that guy, but he's definitely entertaining. He definitely comes and brings the fight, and, he, and the fans love him. Because he's been around for a long time, but he also knows how to work the mic. He also knows how to work, work social media. He's a good guy to have around the sport. He's one of those guys you got to have around the sport. And, and, and of course, uh, uh, being French-Canadian helps out quite a bit because it helps with the, with the East Coast of Canada as well as helping with the international market because he, he is, he is a, a, a bilingual. So, but a guy like that all of a sudden gets forced. He'll show up one night, make weight at 171, or, you know, for, for that night, show up the next morning at the arena and, and be one, whatever, 190, 185, whatever it is, and be like, oh, okay, you can fight tonight, but you're not allowed to fight back at this weight class again. You have to go up to 85. Now, a doctor can clear you, but only if you maintain down, if you only maintain that less than 8% body weight gain. If he gains the second time, the doctor clears him, he comes back in the second time, he gains more than 8%, that's it. You're up at 85. Now you can't, you can't contest. Got to go up to 85. And that's it. You're done. So a guy like that who's having so much success at 170, revitalizing his career at 170, now you're forcing him up to 85, that's going to be tough on him. I agree with it. 100% agree with the program. 100% agree with all 10 points that Andy Foster's put out. I completely agree with it. But as devil's advocate – you've got this guy in Patrick Cote who's going to be forced up to, to 85 again because of how big he walks around is. Then his opponent, uh, uh, Thiago, he's a guy that was at 55. He's moved up to 70, but he's still big. He's, still, he's, not, he's not walking in and making weight at 70. He's still cutting weight at 70. He moved up yeah. to 55 because he's cutting a lot of weight. Is he a guy that was a 55-pounder that now has to move up to 85 at some point, or is he a guy that's going to be at 170? So you're looking at a fight now with these two guys are, that are revitalizing their career at welterweight that might be forced out of the weight because of, of these, the potential. It hasn't been voted on yet. It's not in effect. I'm just saying, and this is a great fight. And this is, and we're going to have a lot of great matchups like this that were like, we might not see them anymore because guys have to get moved around, get moved up, get done out. And really at Patrick Cote's age and, and, and his ability, if this rule does come into effect and come to a factor, will he stay with the game, do you think? That's a very good question. I think he will because it'll affect everybody. So it still sort of levels out and makes the playing field sort of equal when you do think about it. Eventually, it's going to move guys up. Uh, I don't think any guys are going down. I think most guys will either stay or move up. So there'll be a lot of guys that he's competing against right now that will be forced to move up. Uh, So I think, you know, is he ever going to go for that title run? We never really know. Uh, Anything can happen in MMA. You're you're always a couple of fights away from potentially being in the title mix. But, um, you know, the one thing that's always bothered me about Patrick Cote, uh, and again, this is strictly a, a personal uh, I always thought he'd be a much bigger star uh, in MMA, uh, especially in Canada, because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I know that you know if, if I mention the name Pearl Gonzalez, I start cutting weight. That's just that's just factual. Uh, I start sweating. Um, 
because Frank said she's hot. Um, Cote. Well, was, you don't agree? What are you trying to say? You don't agree? You, you have to go off of my saying or you don't agree with me? What's wrong with you? Dude, I'm cutting weight here. I don't want to think about her. She, <laughs> her, husband, her husband's a sailor. is in the military or something. I don't want a guy coming after me, and I'm a happily married man. Don't don't forget that, Frank. That's, hey, that's, hey, look. Hey, look, man. We can go. We she's go beautiful. Look, yes, she's beautiful. We can go look at other cookbooks. We just can't eat in other kitchens. Absolutely. Um, this, so this is still on my Patrick Cote point because – um, you know, Patrick Cote, and this is what Pearson and I joke about. Sam Stout and I uh, used to joke about this. Cote, I've been with Patrick Cote, okay, when he's competed or he's, been, he's making appearances. I've been to bars with you. I've been to um, industry parties with you. Just, you know, Patrick Cote walks into a room. Just, you got to just let him do his thing. You can have any woman he wants. Mm-hmm. And then you can sit there and, and have a conversation. This is a good-looking guy. I'm surprised he's never been a bigger star because George and I, I've been to uh, my fair amount of establishments with George, a uh, good looking guy. And despite him being a superstar, ladies love Kote. Surprised he hasn't been a bigger it's star. It, it, it is. It is. So, so George looks great on camera. George is very photogenic. He's very photogenic. So you see him on camera like, wow, that's a good looking dude. Like what the hell? You get up next to him, and you're like, oh, he's kind of average. But Cote is model-esque. Every time you're about, you're like, holy crap, this is a good-looking guy. Like, what the hell? I don't get the difference. Problem is, George is winning decisively. Yeah. When Patrick was going up and down. And that's why. So the problem is that when you're when – you're, and, and Canada is a very large country, but it's very sparsely populated. So as a result, per capita, there's not many guys that fight in MMA. As a result, when you have a superstar in George St. Pierre – that's all the country's going to talk about. That's why Ireland right now only talks about Conor McGregor. There are like 17,000 other guys to fight out of Ireland, but they only talk about Conor McGregor because he is the superstar. That's, that's the way, that's the reality of it. But when you're hanging out with, with GSP and you're in that same limelight, you get overshadowed. And it's unfortunate for Patrick. He's just at the wrong. Honestly, if he was 10 years younger and he's coming on right now, it'd be, they'd be, the UFC would be throwing dollars at him. They'd be like more media, more appearances, more, we got to get you. The ladies love you. The ladies love you. And he's a really nice guy. When oh, it comes yeah. to the yeah. women. So it's like, you don't get that weird, creepy, hey, let's go in the back seat of the car and, and fucking drop panties. Let's go in the bathroom and you know, give me a blowjob. You don't get that vibe from him. Where a lot of the fighters, to be honest, a lot of the fighters are like that. We're like, oh, yeah, I love it. You know, they just want to, you know, bang the girl out and try to get their sister, like in the club at the same time. And they're going back and forth. But Cote is like a guy, you go meet Cote, you're kind of like, eh, I got to have babies with him. I can settle down with him. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, not going to give out any names uh, or employees of various uh, promotional organizations. <laughs> I have seen I, – personally, I have seen women just completely melt yeah. when Patrick walks in a room or Patrick and, and we're, we're just doing something. And I'm like, I hate you. I've never liked you, yeah. Patrick, you jerk. It's in genetics. It's like we can't beat it. genetics. It's just yeah. we, like that's the problem. So Patrick should be a bigger star. He just he's just too old, and that and that's the game. But 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 I say the same thing. People, you know, uh, uh, what's his um, Hughes said he wants to come back and fight again. You know, and I was like, and so I immediately my phone starts blowing up. But like the moment that he gets he gets hit up for it, my phone starts getting blown up. You know, oh, gee, that's gonna come back. You're gonna come back. You're gonna come back. I'm like, yeah, I'll come back and rough it. I have no interest in fighting. So people yeah. talk about something funny. I said, you know what? If I was 10 years younger, 
it might be viable. You know, if I was 10 years ago, I was in my prime 10 years ago. Like this, I was like taking on the world. Like I could beat everybody up anywhere. In the, I could walk into a bar and I knew I was beating up 99% of the people in there. And the 1% of the guys I, w- I wasn't beating up were in my crew. Like that was the, the game that we had. I'm too old, man. 10 years ago, I'd make, be make, if I was 10 years younger, I'd be making a ton of money. Patrick Cote, if he was 10 years younger, he'd be making a ton of money. His time would be better. His knowledge wouldn't be as, as solid as his now because he had 10 more years to learn. But he'd be he'd be in that hunt. He'd have that look. He'd have that that social networking ability to, be able to push himself out there. He'd be able to get to that space. It's just you know t- time has caught up with him, and, he's, and he came in at the wrong time with GSP. Uh, David Loazzo, GSP, and Patrick Cote all kind of came out at the same time. All three fighters were 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 great fighters coming out of Canada, but GSP was an amazing fighter coming out of Canada, and that overshadowed everybody else. And that's why I'm the Patrick. Absolutely correct. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's on the live chat joining us today. Thank you to everyone who tuned in live. Uh, and of course, for those that are tuned in uh, later on on iTunes uh, and Stitcher, thank you very, very much for the support of Fightful. Frank, before we let you go, make sure, guys, you do follow Frank on social media, at Frank Trigg. Uh, what's going on with you uh, over the next week till I talk to you next Thursday? Okay, so I got Inhumans. Uh, I'm working on Inhumans, Mar- the new Marvel project for ABC and IMAX. Um, I've been, we talked about that last week. I'm working on that again tomorrow. Uh, and then I start prepping for a new movie with um, Tom Hardy and Channing Tatum. Uh, there's a big fight scene in it that I'm, I'm prepping and some some military driving and uh, military shoot scenes that I'm prepping for. And I start prepping on Wednesday. We have like a half day on Wednesday. And then after we get done next Thursday, I go right back in and keep doing a prep. And we prep for like a month. And then we start shooting May 8th. Uh, so uh, uh, my birthday present to myself uh, on May 7th, we'll be working the May 8th, <laughs> working a nice morning. Early right. May 8th, I'm going to fight Sam. Oh, and I get to work with Yancey Madero, uh, which is great, because he's also, people don't know, but Yancey's a stunt, stunt man, and uh, SAG, uh, 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 in the union in SAG, so he's able to work every time, so he's on 5 a lot. He works all the projects in here, and he's doing a fight scene on the same uh, movie that I am, so we're actually going to work together. Again, Yancey and I have worked together like four times already in the last year, so it's going to be great. Well, I think you should start managing me and getting me some sort of, uh, you know, stand-ins. If Pitbull needs a stand-in or if, you, if I turn around, I guess I could pass for Vin Diesel. I'm not this way, but the other way. So you can Vin's hook it up, bro. Vin's got his own guy, man. I've been trying that for years. Vin's got his own guy. I've been trying to, I've been trying to break that seal, too. <laughs> well, yeah, we're both, we're both follically challenged, or at least we're bald. Yeah, we're competition. Okay, you can't represent you're, you're actually, now I'm so dark because I've been sailing so much. I'm so dark. You're a better match for Vin. You're a better match for Pitbull than I am. I'm just too dark now. They couldn't lighten me up enough and make up to make it worthwhile. I'd be great. So you're definitely a better matchup for both those guys. And trust me, I get phone calls. I, I know it sounds like, you know, like a, I'm trying to butter your balls, but I get phone calls all the time for people like, hey, do you know anybody that can mask this? Do you know anybody that can mask this? My first question is, where is it? You know, and sometimes, and sometimes it is Toronto, it is Montreal, it is Vancouver, because that's where they shoot a lot of stuff now. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a match. He's not in the union, but he's a guy that can work. Get a hold of Joe Ferraro. I, I got I called I got a call yesterday for three people that I had for three different looks I had to pass on, so it happens all the time. And I just put you in my roster. Good man, I'm in. I'm in. I'll I'll, I'll drive down to you until what? Three minutes drive me. I only take fifty percent. Ah, there we go. Here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're negotiating live on the air. We're gonna have to take this off air. Uh, but as always, Frank, we do thank you very much for your time. What time is it now in Hawaii? Is it eleven thirty four? Ten ten thirty four. Six hours behind you. All right, six hours. All right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I'm still in Buffalo here. I, I'm, I'm, the minute I leave Toronto, I, I, my time is nuts, even though it's only two hours from my house. 
Uh, we listen. Uh, in all seriousness, we thank you very much. Uh, it sucks that you weren't able to surprise me and join me here in Buffalo. Uh, hopefully soon, one day, we'll be able to do this together uh, and probably get arrested because we'll have to do it either in a hotel room or in a Starbucks. And we all know that you and I have a Starbucks together. Nothing good ever comes from that. Maybe we'll have Jill. <laughs> Jill will just sort of moderate us because we're two dummies and clowns. Yeah. Uh, uh, we want to thank you very much for time. Uh, we look forward to all your tweets uh, and all your uh, Instagram posts and Facebook regarding uh, UFC 210. And we're especially looking forward to seeing your reaction uh, if John Jones does enter that cage uh, with Daniel Cormier. Don't forget, guys, at Frank Trigg on social media. He runs it himself. He does not have anyone else uh, hired to do that. He does it all himself. So, yes, uh, if he doesn't reply to you, like he said before, give him time. Uh, if it's worthy of a reply, he will reply. But he does do it all himself. So do I. I don't have half those followers that Frank has, even probably a tenth. But uh, at Showdown Joe, make sure you do follow us at Fightful MMA. And for all your mixed martial arts news, especially content, because I'm here live in Buffalo for UFC 210. Make sure you follow or you visit FightfulMMA.com. For now, we thank you all. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Sean Ross Sapp, depending on what happens uh, with the official weigh-ins. I'll likely be live with Sean Ross Sapp either at 12 noon or at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, until then, we bid you all a fond adieu. Thank you very much, and we say ciao for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.